my number one core value is freedom. And it's not the kind of freedom that most people think of. It's like, yes, don't tell me what to do and don't boss me around. But the reality is it's the freedom to think for myself. It's the freedom to critically analyze whatever comes in. Hello, and welcome to The Lucy Lou Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Liu. Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to another episode. This is your host, Lucy Liu, and I'm so glad you are here. I don't know whose path you will come across today, but believe it that many opportunities and blessings are coming your way today. I consider myself an eternal optimist because I choose to be one. And optimism is something I really love talking about. So today I have my guest, Andrea Johnson, who is a certified Maxwell leadership speaker, trainer, coach, and disc behavioral analysis consultant. She is also the host of the podcast, Stand Tall and Own It. Yes, Stand Tall and Own It. I just love that energy already in the name. So without further ado, let's talk about optimism. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Hey, Lucy, how are you today? Beautiful, beautiful. So glad to have you here because I always say I'm an unshakable optimist and you are the intentional optimist. So we are just feeling the joy in the air. Absolutely. Um, I love the unshakable optimism. That is really, really important. That speaks to resilience. For me, intentional optimism speaks to the idea that we can find the good, we can figure out how to make it work. And it's a lifestyle that we do. It's not necessarily just thinking, oh, it's all going to be okay. You know, it's it's very, we understand the realism of life, right? Yeah, absolutely. Life throws us all curveballs. It's just that <laughs> Like you said, it's a lifestyle. And for me, it's really a decision. It's a decision. Mm -hmm. I choose to live this way. And that no matter what curveballs life throws at me, I have the confidence that, you know, everything's going to be okay. Mm, absolutely. Really good stuff. Yeah. Let's go a little bit deeper on that. You talk about the intentional optimism. What is that to you on a deeper level? On a deeper level, this is how I choose to live. Like you said, it's a decision. And I think that's going to factor into just about anything that we do is we usually have to make a decision, set a point that we're headed towards, and that's that's what we work for. We can always change that point on the horizon. But for me, when my mother, we lost my mother in February of 2017 to breast cancer, 15 or 16 years worth of that battle, I watched a really strong woman decide to bring the joy every single day. I watched her decide to enjoy her her friends, her grandchildren. I watched all of that. And I am very real. I'm very much a realist. Um, you, you see me happy and I can be joyful. But for me, I wanted to live in that way. No matter how much time I have left on this planet, I wanted to pursue that every day. And so I decided to look at how I could do that. And I came up with six tenets of intentional optimism. And they are how I live out my core values and my strengths and my beliefs on a daily basis. For me, being able to live the way I live is because I know my values and priorities. Mm. And we had actually a little bit of a conversation before I hit the record button that you think many people don't actually know their core values. How is that so? 
I think that we are, especially now in the business culture, it's really popular to say, these are the things I value, or I strive to embody these types of values. Businesses are coming up with their values. And I am really, um, I'm one of those people that digs really deep. And so if they, if you said one thing about me, it's like, yes, I'm the intentional optimist, but as you work with me, you'll learn I'm the core values lady. And when I mean core value, what I mean by that is getting down to the most strip down essence of who you are. And most of us have two to five that are really important. And pretty much anything that happens in your life, either good or bad, will point to one of your core values. And a lot of times we take on the conditioning or the assumptions or the beliefs in our society or our family systems or our religion or our politics that we're a part of, or even a school. And we think that those are our core values. Things like you know, I'm from the South and evangelical culture. So it's like God, faith and family. And it's like, that's nice. <laughs> but the reality is it's probably a lot deeper than that. So I think even my clients who think they know their core values, many when they walk through the exercise with me and some of them coaching for six months to get down to the bottom of them are very surprised that it's much more precise than they realized. And when you go all the way back to your childhood, you can actually see how they show up in your life. Mm. Yeah. What are some of the top core values you see with your clients? Well, I work with a lot of professional women, some really high-powered women. And so they they tend to have, many of them have respect in there somewhere. Many of them have authenticity in there. And for me personally, I was surprised that my number one core value is freedom. And it's not the kind of freedom that most people think of. It's like, Yes, don't tell me what to do and don't boss me around. But the reality is it's the freedom to think for myself. It's the freedom to critically analyze whatever comes in. My husband has had to learn over the 20, gosh, when we married, 95. So 28 years that we've been married, he's had to learn to not say things like, wouldn't you agree that... You know, he never starts a sentence that way because he knows I'm going to say, start it over <laughs> because I need to be able to think for myself. And my second one is authenticity, which means that I need to be myself. So let me think for myself and be myself. And that's, sometimes they're hard to do. And then the third one, I thought for the longest time, Lucy, I thought it was community because I come from, like I said, the evangelical community. I really wanted fellowship. I really wanted women to, to have around me and to have friends. But I realized when I went deep after three years of working on that myself, I realized it was belonging. And therefore, these are values that I hold for myself and I share with other people. So when I work with my clients, it's pretty easy to pick out when they have a somebody that reports to them that consistently challenges their authority and that gets they get really upset. And I'm like, well, let's look at that, right? It's like, so the things that that upset you many times are the things that you should take a look at as to maybe that's a principle or one of your core values that's being kind of stepped on. Shall yeah. I say. And I think as three go through different seasons of life, our core values actually change. Do you agree? I don't. <laughs> I think, I, I will say, I think the expression of them changes. Mm. And I think that a lot of times we might, just like I thought community was one, but I realized that it was deeper than that. It was belonging. And I leave myself open to say, it's very possible that, that any one of mine, because we end up when we work, when I work with clients, we end up with top three, pri like primary, and then we have secondary. And when we 
land on those, sometimes they'll switch positions depending on, that's why they show up differently. If like if you're a, a mother, a young mother with young children, you're going to have different things show up as really important. But as you develop and grow, you'll find other things will pop rise to the surface. But I think that who we are is who we are. And it's honoring that and finding it. That's the hard work that we have to do. It's the scary work, right? Yeah, I think that's why I find all these personality tests to be so incredibly honest and mm-hmm. like human designs charts, like mm-hmm. the disc chart. Mm-hmm. And I know you talk a lot about the disc behavior system. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can just drop in a little bit about sure. what that is. And because I find these things to be so... Oh. It, Amazing. Yeah. Right. Me too. Like, I geek oh, out. that's so me. Like these <laughs> words describe you, Lucy. I'm like, yeah, that is me. I love it. And that's fun. Um, the nice thing is the way I work with my clients, as I explained to you a little earlier, was I start with their core values. Every once in a while, we have to start with DISC because of how we start working together. But when we understand who we are, then we understand, okay, now I need to communicate that somehow. And that's what the DISC does for us. It's a behavioral analysis tool that kind of gives us, for better, for lack of a better term, a language that we speak. And it helps us identify the language that someone else speaks. I was raised in South Korea. And so I went to school with kids from 65 different countries. And I learned early on that we don't all speak English. (laughs) That's just, you know, I mean, in America, we like a lot of times we'll think that. So we'll go to another country and ask where the restroom is. And if they don't understand us, we'll just ask them louder. Right. And that doesn't work. It doesn't work that way speaking to your colleagues or your children or your spouse or your partner either. If you're not speaking in a language that they understand, then shouting at them with it won't make it better, right? (laughs) Shouting at my son doesn't make him do it any better. It just makes him shut down. But when I determine to learn the language that you speak natively, what is your first language? It was Chinese. Okay. So if I learn to speak Chinese or if I speak Chinese to you, unfortunately, I could speak Korean to you, but I can't speak Chinese to you. But if I just decided to start speaking Chinese to you, then you would feel seen and heard. You would feel welcomed and you would feel like you belong. And that's how we build bridges with each other. If I am, so the DISC stands for D is dominant or driver. I is the influencer. S is the steady, which is the team member. And C is the compliant or the creative. So if me and I, an influencer, wants to talk to a creative or compliant person who's on the opposite side of the spectrum, who's all about the details. I'm trying to persuade you and I'm all about the joy and yay, and this is fun. And my husband's one of those C people. He's like, but what does the data say? Right? So when you look at how you communicate differently with other people, you can either fall flat on your face or you can actually bridge that gap to make the communication better. And when you couple that with the core values that you know you have, then you can actually communicate not just in their language, but with a really authentic manner. I love that. I'm also an I, and I was told I'm inspiring. Yes, that's another word. Yes. Yes. So the DISC is a, I am a Maxwell trained DISC consultant. So you can get a DISC behavioral chart or reading, or, you know, you can take a test online for free and they, People Keys, I believe is who puts it out and they do it for all kinds of different organizations. Every report's going to give you something a little bit different. 
For me, I'm a leadership coach, right? I'm a transformational leadership coach. And so what I do is I work with the Maxwell report that is 30 pages worth of leadership, understanding of how you use your communication and leadership. So every single one might have a little bit. That's why I said D could be dominant or driver. I is influencer or inspiring. So there's all kinds of different interpretations. It's really cool. Yeah, that's amazing. So in your days working, were you always an optimist, would you say? No. Um, are you familiar with Enneagram? Is that one that we that you can, we can dive into? No? No. <laughs> we um, would have a whole nother conversation. Yeah. So, um, so if you're into human design, I'm a generator. I'm a pure generator. So I respond to things, so right? So I, so I respond to a lot of, and I'm very, and I'm open, right? I'm, I'm, everything is open. <laughs> so I feel the energy in the room. I respond to the emotions in the room. So if somebody comes in with really negative energy, I can just go down this negative rabbit hole, right? So for me, becoming an intentional optimist was something I said, I don't, I don't want to not be open to what's going on with other people. It's, it's nice to have that empathic ability. It's nice to be able to relate to people on their level, but I don't need to amplify something that's super negative. I need to be able to take that in, look at it, critically think about it and decide how I'm going to respond, which is how living the lifestyle of intentional optimism kind of goes together well with all these other things that we know about ourselves. And the more we know, the better we do. Yeah. And I really like the word intentional. I've actually used that also in my talk in intentional thinking, Mm. because we really have to get intentional with where we want to go right? We have to be intentional in our decision-making, like people choosing A or B, but it's Mm. not always that way. It's intentional where you want to go. So Mm -hmm. actually there could be another option C as well. Absolutely. So intention is super critical in terms of where you actually want to go and who you want to be instead of just being stuck between the days, you know, yeah. We don't need only binary options, right? We don't exactly. need an A or a B or a black or a white. And that's part of the six tenets of optimistic, present, energetic, courageous, wise, and intentional. And all those things together help us be able to prepare and plan. You know, Seneca said that luck is where opportunity meets preparation. And I mean, that one goes all the way back to ancient Greece, right? So when we are prepared for the different types of things, then we have the ability to take advantage of the opportunities as they come along. And being intentional doesn't need to only be, I have a purpose. It could also be, I'm going to truly think about this. I'm going to know myself and I'm going to understand how I react to things. And I'm going to be smart. If if people don't want to use the word intentional, we can be smart and we can be purposeful again about how we react to things and how we move forward. Because here's the thing, Lucy, we all want to make some kind of impact. I can't imagine any one of your listeners isn't interested in making an impact. And we don't make an impact or our impact can be limited When we're in somebody else's vision, when we're in somebody else's definition of who we're supposed to be. And if there's one thing that I could say is so important, it's like being you and understanding who you are and how you uniquely communicate shows you where your own authority is, which gives you the confidence to stand in that. And it gives you the confidence to move and make an impact in a way that you are, shall we say, called to do. Oh, I love that. We are all here for a reason. We're Mm -hmm. here for a beautiful purpose, whatever that is, right? Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. So on the days when your client feels 
on the low side, what do you do to help them gain that optimism back? Oh, I love perspective studies and perspective exercises. And I'm not immune. I literally, I have a coach friend that I'll Marco Polo her and I'll be like, it's so bad. It's so hard. And she's like, turn around and look down the mountain. And that's what we do is we talk about turning around and looking down the mountain because it's so, especially as women, man, I tell you what, we put our heads down and we just go, 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 go. And we always feel like we're pushing something uphill. So it's really nice to be able to look at the top of the mountain and say, I'm headed to the top of Everest, right? But if we don't ever stop, I mean, you can't climb Everest without hitting at least one or two base camps, right? So if you don't ever stop and look down the mountain, and you may have used this analogy yourself, but if you don't ever stop and look down the mountain, you don't know how far you've come. And so when we do this for each other, this is a, a fabulous exercise that we can do with our friends and with our family and as coaches together is to be able to say, because I won the other day, she said, I need you to tell me some of the things I've accomplished this year because I don't feel like I've accomplished anything. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> Let's do this, right? And just to be able to name those things. So when I have a client who says, man, because we always walk through the wins whenever we meet, it's like, what are your wins? And now what are your challenges? And if they say, I don't have any wins, I'm like, well, give me your challenges. And pretty soon we figure out when we start looking at how far we've come, we have things to put in the win column. And so sometimes it's just bouncing that grant. I'm a generator, right? So bouncing it off of another person really helps. But I think perspective exercises is what I use. I love that. And yes, I've used that analogy a lot. And yeah. while we're trying to get to that mountain peak, even if we take a wrong turn, enjoy mm -hmm. the beautiful scenery along the way. We want right. to make more money. We want to make more impact. But none of that is important if we're not having fun along the way. Mm -mm. It's not. If you have no joy in your journey, then you're literally just striving. And, you know, it's, it's, that's why the very second tenet of intentional optimism is present. And it's all about wonder and appreciating the beauty around you. I mean, I get cold chills when I talk about it just because, and I call it grown up wonder too. It's not childlike wonder. Childlike wonder doesn't understand what they see. Grown up wonder understands how hard it was for somebody to get there. When you see a really inspirational story, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Or if you know enough about, planting a bulb in this in the fall and watching the crocus or the tulip come up, you know what happened there. And therefore, it's even more wonderful to me. So I think that being able to cultivate that along with a little curiosity makes all the difference. <laughs> I was just about to say and add a little more curiosity. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the cure for everything for me. Beautiful, beautiful. So what is a quote you go by, I know I have like millions of them and I'm going to force you to just give me at most two. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I have two. One of them you've heard already. And it's, I don't know that anybody else has, it's not the one that I can attribute to anyone. I just say, think for yourself because you are capable of doing it. And if I look for look to myself, I mean, I grew up in evangelical culture, Southern culture, and I had to go through a long period of figuring out what do I believe and why do I believe it? And it's, you know, that's a hard deconstruction, reconstruction process, but it also applies to politics and the school board and, you know, everything in my community. So think for yourself because nobody else knows what's going on in your brain. So that's uh, something that kind of keeps me on the rails. But the other one that keeps me grounded is collect moments, not things. Because to me, people are always more important than an idea, a place, a thing. And long after the things are gone, the people are here and the memories are important. So those things keep me grounded and keep me, make sure that I'm actually paying attention to myself. 
I love that. Trust your gut, trust your yeah. intuition yeah. and enjoy the experiences, experiences over everything else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Beautiful. So where can we check out your work? Well, I do have a podcast as well. My podcast is Stand Tall and Own It. And it's actually a new rebrand as of the summer of 2023. And I did three years of interviewing other leaders and really gathering a lot of information. And now the new iteration of the podcast is putting all that into play. So check that out. It's on YouTube as well, but at The Intentional Optimist, pretty much anywhere, including that's my website and on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and threads and you name it, that's where I am. So love it. Thank you. And I do want to offer, I have a a little one-page downloadable that your listeners can try out. It's at theintentionaloptimist.com forward slash core values exercise, all one word. And it's one page. And if that's not enough, because some people can do that, but if that's not enough, there's information on there on how to work with me if they'd like to. Awesome. Thank you. To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Lucy Lou Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high-achieving women in life transitions, getting unstuck, kissing overwhelmed goodbye, and living a more joyful and fulfilled life through strategic goal setting and mindset transformation. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe, rate, or share this with a friend. And don't forget to join me for the next episode. Remember, there is always a way and more blessings are coming your way. For free resources and show notes, head over to lucylucoaching.com. 